and appreciate their wherever they're at in their life and also teach them the skills that they need to to move forward and effectively live a, a life worth living, which is DBTs really that's one of their primary focuses is of finding a life worth living. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Bill Emmeheiser, and you're listening to Mental Health You, the podcast dedicated to demystifying and destigmatizing mental health issues. So if you or someone you know is struggling with depression, anxiety, trauma, or some other mental health issue, then this podcast is for you. This episode is proudly sponsored by Unison Health, dedicated to making lives better through compassionate, quality mental health and addiction treatment services. Learn more at unisonhealth.org. On today's show, we chat with Logan Bogger, a dedicated licensed professional clinical counselor specializing in empowering teens to navigate the complexities of their emotions. As a teen mood management group facilitator, Logan brings a wealth of expertise in dialectical behavioral therapy, helping his clients make their lives better by guiding them through emotional regulation and practical coping skills. Today, Logan shines light on the transformative power of DBT. Welcome, Logan. Thank you for being on the show. Hi, Bill. Thank you. I appreciate so much that I'm able to to do this show and this opportunity. I'm looking forward to to talking about it. Well, I'm excited as well. And before we get going on DBT and on your on your group to help uh, folks that are struggling with mood management, can you tell us a little bit about your professional journey? How what led you to become a licensed professional counselor? Yeah, absolutely. So I. When I think about my my journey, I unfortunately I have to start in high school. It's not a long, super long story, um, but in high school I always knew I wanted to help others. I, you know, I was doing community service projects, and I was like, you know, this this is something along this this line that I really want to pursue. And it, funny enough, that led me to criminal justice and going for my undergrad at Indiana Tech in Fort Wayne. And I thought, you know, I can help people with criminal justice degree by becoming a cop. And that was, that was my path originally, you know, high school undergrad was let's, let's do this. This is my way of helping. And through that process, through going through school, I finished that degree in undergrad, um, graduated with criminal justice and it was in that like senior year, that that final year that I I did a little bit of reflecting and I was like, I was doing an internship with the Indiana State Police at that time. I was doing ride-alongs with them and I was seeing the the life of a cop in, in that role, at least as a trooper. And it really opened up my eyes and I reflected and I was like, I don't think that's what I want to do. That's not how I want to help others and there was a specific moment too in in the media the the George Floyd incident that incident was very eye opening for me too and it really it made me consider is that the the route that i want to do so when that incident happened i was doing the ride alongs then i was like i had some psychology minor classes along the way and I really enjoyed those classes and learning a little bit about the mind and, and how, you know, human behavior in general. And I enjoyed those classes, and that's what led me to counseling. I went to BGSU, got my master's in clinical mental health counseling, and 
that's what led me to becoming a licensed professional counselor. Now, specifically for teens, um, as I was going through school, I uh, worked in a residential unit. And that residential unit was primarily focused around kids 5 to 17. They would come, they would live there for a short term. And they were going through a lot. And that experience while I was in school is kind of naturally what led me to DBT, led me to working with teens, working with kids that, you know, there's there's lots of struggles in their life. There's things that they might not be able to control. And that's where I want to step in. And that's where I want to help. Well, that's great. And for our listeners, you've mentioned DBT. I've mentioned it a few times. Some folks may not be familiar with with what um, DBT is. Could you give us an overview of dialectical behavioral therapy and how it might differ from other therapeutic approaches? Yeah. So dialectical behavioral therapy, I like to think of it as an offshoot of cognitive behavioral therapy, another very um, well-known, very used evidence-based treatment within therapy is CBT and DBT. And DBT the one that we're talking about really stems off of that. It's an offshoot. It works with with cognitions, with the way that we're thinking. It's similar, but there's more of an emphasis in DBT on emotions, on validating the experience. Being in the here, in the now is a very in, important element of DBT. And with that, it focuses on learning skills, to replace the ineffective behaviors with effective, helpful behaviors. That is, that is the core of it. Finding helpful skills that are going to help us in our life. I'm assuming that this is not like a, what a lot of people think of as a talk therapy that you just sit down, I come to a group or I come for 50 minutes to an individual session, and then I don't have to do anything else. Am I wrong about that? Is there, is there something more? When I see behavioral, I, I suspect there's probably some homework that comes along with, with this and there's some practice that people need to do for this to be effective. Yes. Yes. You, you actually, you nailed it. Um, with, with that, um, you, it's very structured, in in how we structure the the time together it isn't like we we come in and and we just talk there's a lot there's a lot of structure sometimes it feels almost like a classroom setting i really try the to break that down and so it's not as much of a classroom setting with the kids that i'm working with however there there is a there's a core of learning and you know teaching a specific skill and then we're going to use that skill in the session, and then we're going to practice that skill outside of the session. What makes DBT particularly effective for individuals, especially teenagers, who experience sudden mood changes? DBT is effective with sudden mood changes because there is such an emphasis on learning skills to help manage complex and difficult emotions. I also think that the guiding biosocial theory behind DBT applies to many teenagers that struggle with emotional regulation. The biosocial theory says that many people struggle with sensitive and intense emotions and important people in their life tend to not validate or support them in those moments. And when we have that that environment that's invalidating, that's not supportive of these intense, complex emotions, that's where we struggle. And so with teens, there's a lot of teens that experience 
invalidating environments or they experience for themselves a lot of emotions, complex emotions that they're not sure how to, how to handle, how to cope with that. And so this, this relationship between those is what DBT stems from. So having that insight, that awareness, teaching that to the kids along with the therapist leading it, understanding that the approaches we, we need to validate, we need to be present in this moment, meet them where they're at. And that is so important in in DBT and I think in general with therapy. Right. Um, but, you know, DBT too, in that validation is, that's a core element of DBT and the importance of effectively learning the skills we have to validate. And when you talk about validation, right, sometimes we're in an environment where we may not get that validation. Does DBT put an emphasis on that relationship? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That is it, fundamental that we have a relationship that the the teens can come into the session, they can feel comfortable, they can feel welcomed, and we can have a connection between me and them. And then I can also have a connection with them and their their guardian. Mm-hmm. And having having a full relationship with everyone involved, I find it to be very effective. That's how we, we stay engaged. That's how we we believe in change mm-hmm. is when we have this relationship and that we can trust each other. I'm going to trust that I'm going to give you things. I have to trust that they take that and apply it to the outside of therapy. Right. And they have to trust that I'm going to come and welcome them and appreciate their wherever they're at in their life and also teach them the skills that they need to, to move forward and effectively live a, a life worth living, which is yeah. DBT's really, that's one of the primary focuses is of finding a life worth living. Mental Health You is brought to you by Unison Health. Unison Health, making lives better. let's say I'm a teen. I know I'm a long ways off from being a teen. And, <laughs> and I was struggling with, um, you know, dysregulated mood, I, you know, these mood swings, I'm having difficulties in my relationships. And I came to your group. What could I expect? I mean, what does a typical group look like? Great question. Uh, so DBT has four to five. I kind of add a, a fifth that's important in their themes, primary themes to DBT. So we work with mindfulness we work with emotions, stress, relationships. And the fifth one that I tend to add is, is this idea of dialectics, finding a balance and everything. And so using those themes each week, we focus on a different theme for that week. So we might have, you know, the first week we might primarily focus on mindfulness and learning very very helpful skills that help us to be mindful as far as like deep breathing, guided imagery, progressive muscle relaxation, doing things in the session that help us to learn mindfulness, right? And then the next week, we're going to focus on emotions and focusing on distress tolerance and how do I, how do I manage when these big emotions come. So the, the primary structure is we come, we we do some sort of activity together to kind of mm-hmm. get us started. I like to start with an icebreaker or something to get us warmed up, or we might do a mindfulness activity right off the bat. Mm-hmm. We just might take five minutes and do, 
do a guided imagery or we, I like to make it fun. And so we're not all sitting in a circle because I think mindfulness has this idea that we're all going to sit and we're just going to hum right, together. Right. <laughs> and that's not, that's not mindfulness. There's aspects of that that is mindfulness and is very helpful. But really, mindfulness can be any time of the day just taking a moment to really reflect on observing, describing your environment, being aware of your senses. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you smelling? Using all the all your senses. So finding a way to incorporate that in the first five minutes or so of the, of the group session. Okay. Then after we do that, I'm going to introduce the topic for the night, whatever that theme is, whatever that specific skill is that we're going to learn. We're going to talk about it, brainstorm it, talk related about it, all the things. Then we're going to practice a skill, be very interactive with it. Okay, so mm -hmm. we've talked about it. Now let's do it. Let's practice. How do we do this in session together? Nice. Then we will have a little break. Then we'll have another introduction of another topic, another skill for that same theme, same theme, different skill. So they're going to learn one to two skills each night, depending on our time and sure. and how things go. Um, I like to, if we can do two, let's do two. And so we have a skill, we practice it, we take that break, we learn a skill, we practice it. Then at the end, okay, now we have some homework. I want you to practice this skill or this piece of that skill by the time I see you next week. We'll review it and then do our mindfulness. And that's kind of the process each week. What are some of the outcomes I could expect? I've, I've done the group. I'm completing it. What's that look like? I think one of the, one of the biggest that I've experienced um, insight, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've seen some clients leave with is a level of insight into you know what, what has been happening in their life that has been really stressful and how have they been dealing with it and then learning, okay, there are different ways. And leaving with tangible skills. Actual things that they can use in their life. Not, not, not just this concept or abstract, but actual skills right. that they can use and implement into their life. So that that's adding to their toolbox of tools so that they can pull it out later, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, we, we learned uh, a mindful a mindfulness skill to be really present and in the moment, okay, I'm going to pull that out of my toolbox when I'm feeling really upset and I'm just everywhere and my mind is not in the moment, not present. I'm, I'm thinking about the future. I'm really worried about things coming up. I'm really stressed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to take, take a second and I'm going to think back to that mindfulness activity that we did and and we just sat there for 1 minute and we we described the environment. I'm going to I'm going to take a second and I'm I'm going to do that. And maybe I do a couple deep breaths as I'm doing it and and my hope is that they would take that skill and apply it to when it when it right. happens yeah. in the moment. Well, speaking of skills, I kind of want to jump ahead here a little bit and talk about some of those specific, you mentioned mindfulness, the strategies of kind of sitting in the moment. If you could, I'm just pretend that we're talking to a group of folks that um, maybe they're struggling with some mood swings or some really powerful emotions. 
What are maybe one or two coping skills that you could give to a listener of this podcast that they could actually go out and utilize today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think if I'm trying to pick out a specific skill that I, I find to be really helpful, very, very practical, would be the tip skill. So in DBT, there's a there's a lot of acronyms, and mm-hmm. all these acronyms really help with, you know, applying them and, and trying to remember them when, when things come up. So for tip, the idea is each, each letter stands for something. So the T is temperature. So changing your temperature, changing the environment with, with the best that you can, any way that you can change your temperature in that moment, that really helps with emotional regulation skills. And so tip is all about emotion regulation, distress tolerance, really bringing us to a, to a better state in that mm-hmm. moment might help us calm down. So the first thing, T, temperature. So if I can change my temperature to, you know, maybe I'm really heated, I need to cool off, I step outside because it's freezing outside or something. Right, right. Or I grab an ice cube, I grab a cold drink of water, and I just take a second to sip the water and allow myself to experience whatever I'm doing in that moment, being very mindful because... That's one thing. Mindfulness applies to all of these skills, by the way. They're, right. they're like interwoven. And and being very present in that moment to change that temperature. There is also the, the T can be for increasing our temperature. So if we're really cold and we need to like arouse ourselves, get us moving and energized, maybe we're not as motivated, we need to change something. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to change the temperature to, to increase the heat. I'm going to go stand in front of the heater, the fireplace, I'm going to move really fast to warm myself up, something like that, which that ties into one of the other letters, which is the I, intense exercise. Mm-hmm. So changing our our physical state by maybe we jump around, we do some jumping jacks, we do some push-ups, we run in place, we do something that moves us physically, mm-hmm. that gets us energized, gets, gets us moving, can also change how we're how we're feeling in that moment and then p is the progressive muscle relaxation that i actually mentioned earlier with mindfulness so finding you know doing something as far as we we tense our muscles and then we release them and we notice the change in the release being being very present with that process and the best way to do it is to do it from head to toe toe to head and and working your way through it doing the full body however i think there is some benefit in doing parts of your body that feel really tense maybe my back's hurting and i i just take a second to try to hold it and then i release it and finding that comfortable state so that's the tip skill using each of those as a way to help us feel better feel calm feel more in the moment and, and, and that's I like, one of those skills. Yeah, and I, I like how that can be. Most of those things that you mentioned can be done just about anywhere. Um, some of those, you know, some of the ideas, the the strategies there, um, and it doesn't sound like it would take a lot of time either. You know, like holding on to a, an ice cube, for instance, or taking a cold sip of water. Somebody may not even realize that you're having these big emotions, and you might be able to regulate yourself. If you're if you're a teen and you're in a classroom, I think most days. Now, when I was old. 
uh, or back in the old days, I am old, but back in the old days when I was going to school, you couldn't have drinks and things like that. Some schools I know allow you to have a water bottle or whatever, and you can actually utilize that skill right there in the classroom if you're experiencing some intense emotions. Uh, I love I love the practicality of DBT and how it can help folks um, really. And, and emotions, we all experience big emotions from time to time. I think that obviously for teens, kind of that developmental stage, going to see a lot of benefit from folks coming to your group, which kind of leads me to ask if people are interested in learning more about your group or getting a referral or just learning more information about resources on DBT, where can folks go? Yeah, so we can go, there's there's a couple options. We could go to the website. Mm -hmm. So you could go to unisonhealth.org forward slash teen DBT. You could check out the website. The website's going to have the general overview of what we've talked about today. It's going to provide some some logistical information. Um, it's also going to have my number and my email on there. So if you go to that, then you'll be able to see my, my number um, and my email. So you could reach out to me, contact me with any questions, any, hey, I'm interested. I just want to learn more. We can talk and I can help you work through it. Um, also, I'll just say my number on here for folks, so that way you don't have to go to the, the uh, website if you don't want to. Uh, my number is 419-936-7491. And then if you want to email me, it's Logan, or L, sorry, lbogger at unison.org. And again, that information's on the website, so you can pull it up. Well, thank you, Logan, for sharing your knowledge, your expertise in dialectical behavioral therapy, and your commitment to guiding teens through mood management is commendable. You're truly making lives better. To our listeners, I hope we delivered some value to you. Remember to be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and until next time, have a super fantastic day. This podcast has been brought to you by Unison Health. Unison Health is a nonprofit mental health agency dedicated to serving the Northwest Ohio community for the past 50 years.